I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 180 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. He has had a very successful entertainment career, and he is one of the founders of the Department of Homeland Security. Louis Gregory, better known as Uncle Louie, will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. I would like to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there, especially to those of you who have become monthly supporters of the podcast. I have utilized your contributions to reinvest in the podcast here. I'm putting out some Facebook ads, some Instagram ads. I have recently upgraded my website, and I will also be upgrading my equipment here shortly, so hopefully to be putting out some better sound effects, better sound quality, and the whole bit. So I can't say thank you enough for all of your support. And also, I will be launching a first-class fatherhood merchandise shop real soon. So many of you guys that have been asking me when is the merch coming, hang tight. I'm going to be putting out products such as hats, t-shirts, beer mugs, baby bibs, and quite a few other items. So please follow me over on Instagram because once I launch this, I will be creating a new page for the shop. So those of you who have been waiting to rock a first-class fatherhood hat or t-shirt, stay tuned. Okay, and yesterday I conducted an interview with a first-class father that I am very proud to announce to you guys today. He is the Texas Land commissioner. His grandfather was President George H.W. Bush. His uncle, George Bush 43. His father is Jeb Bush, and I am talking about George P. Bush. He was kind enough to call me. We had a wonderful conversation about fatherhood and family life. He is a veteran, so look for that episode to be dropping next week for a Warrior Wednesday. That is a very big honor for me, and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. All right, so as far as the rest of this week goes, tomorrow, actor Barry Sloan will be here, and Friday, former Navy SEAL Jason Kuhn. All right, so let's go, dads. Please help me share this podcast with any father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let's keep this celebration of fatherhood alive and well. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with Uncle Louie. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is an actor, entrepreneur, talent manager, music producer. He co-founded the Legends of Wrestling, and he is also one of the founders of the Department of Homeland Security. You guys may have seen him on the hit ABC sitcom, The Goldbergs. It is a big privilege for me to say Uncle Louie, Louis Gregory, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Good morning, Alec. Thank you for having me. I was very excited to find your podcast recently. Uh, and I had a particularly nice time catching up with a lot of your interviews. Uh, the fact that you're putting fatherhood into the forefront of podcasts is very, very important. And I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have two girls and they are nine, soon to be 10, and 18. Wow. Okay. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? That's a good question. My older daughter is in color guard at a very high level. She actually just went to the world championships in Ohio, uh, WGI, and they placed fourth. So I 
I'm very proud of her for that. I think uh, those activities give our kids structure. Uh, I'm not a big fan of some of the things that I see nowadays where everybody gets a trophy. Um, we can go into more detail about that later. But my youngest uh, is in uh, competition gymnastics and she goes to a gymnasium called tag usa and she also travels around the country competing but her true passion is animals she wants to be a veterinarian very cool now do you have any animals at the house what type of uh, pets do you have yes i do how long is your show though <laughs> we have uh, cows we have goats we have chickens we have pigs we have four dogs. We have a couple of tortoises, a giant African spurred tortoise called the Sokata, um, a number of turtles. And I would say that we have pets and livestock because they are also part of a farm that we operate here in South Florida in a town called Southwest Ranches, which is one of the last rural communities in Broward County. And I have hundreds of thousands of bees at my farm. We have beehives, and we produce local organic honey um, that we have for sale on a website called Got Bees, G-O-T-B-E-E-Z.com. Damn, okay. We could easily swipe out that Uncle Louie title there and slide in the old McDonald one. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> okay, Uncle Louie, please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure, sure. Um, well, many years ago, I was producing music. Um, at the time, I was taken under the wing of a gentleman named Prince Marky D, who many may remember from the 80s, from a group called the Fat Boys. They were in the movie Crush Groove uh, and another movie called Disorderlies, which uh, hits the TV around Thanksgiving every year. Um, at the time, I wanted to be a rapper, and I learned the hard way that I wasn't good enough to be a rapper, but he taught me music production and I started getting in the studio with him and artists like Mary J. Blige, Jennifer Lopez, uh, 50 Cent, LL Cool J, and some, some very big recording stars. I learned that business, but I wanted an adventure. Uh, and that adventure led me to something that I actually haven't really spoke about publicly ever up until a couple of weeks ago um, to what would make me a founding member of the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, that's incredible, Louis. Uh, how did you kind of make that transition from being in the music industry and entertainment to something like uh, Homeland Security and all that? That's a good question. Um, another of my mentors was Eric B. from Eric B. and Rakim. Uh, those guys are actually out touring right now, and they are considered by MTV to be the number one album in the history of hip-hop. And when I told Eric I really wanted an adventure, uh, it was an adventure that I think, uh, in retrospect, was because I really looked up to my older brother. Uh, my older brother now is the CEO of Hughes Aerospace, but he started as an Army Ranger, uh, then an Army aviator, and then an Air Force pilot. And at that stage in his life, he was a special agent. And I just thought that that was one of the coolest things ever. Um, so I applied to be a special agent and an inspector. Um, because I wanted to have that adventure. I, I don't think I ever thought that adventure would become a career, but unfortunately, um, what happened on September 11th, 2001, changed, uh, changed a lot of people's lives, and it changed my career, and I stuck with it. Um, I started as a GS5 trainee, making $10.24 an hour, and I was promoted nine times in uniform uh, until I 
finished my career as a GS-15 director with the largest federal law enforcement agency in America. Wow, that's good stuff, Louis. What was kind of the genesis of the whole Department of Homeland Security? What was the beginning of all that? So, uh, as you know, on 9-11, our country was attacked. And it came to light that there was many agencies that didn't communicate and operate efficiently efficiently, but they all had a stake in border security. And at the time, President George W. Bush decided that he would create an agency that bridged the gap and brought together a number of these agencies under the umbrella of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, um, led by Tom Ridge. And part of that was to create uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, which I think is important to to mention because when you listen to the news, you hear U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, and that's not the name of the agency. It's Customs and Border Protection, and within that agency, which is the largest federal law enforcement agency in America, it has three components. One of them is Border Patrol, which wears the green uniform, Field Operations, which wears the blue uniform, and Air and Marine, which operates the water vessels and the aircrafts for border security, and they wear a tan uniform. And together, it's like Voltron, together they form U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and they protect the border while facilitating lawful travel and trade in and out of the United States. And it took, okay. uh, it took two years, by the way, for that to happen. So they started the framework for that in 2001, but it wasn't actually brought to fruition until 2003. Okay, and what were some of the challenges, Louis, of being a father while working with a federal agency? Well, it's funny that you should ask because there's there's a there's a lot of things when you're in federal law enforcement um, that I think we share with parents that we're we're strict, right? I was brought up by a father who actually was a drill sergeant in the military. Uh, my father was a senior master sergeant. Uh, he was a paratrooper in the Army and then retired from the Air Force. So I was brought up um, with a lot of rules and structure. And I think structure is possibly what we're missing with today's generation. And I think we do focus a lot on saying, you know, the millennials or the younger generations are missing certain things. But we we shouldn't focus too much on devaluing what's important to them, uh, but instead looking at it and making sure we understand it and how can we use that as a tool to become better parents. And I think social media is definitely a big part of that. Yeah, and the technology is definitely a struggle for many parents, myself included. My oldest is going to be a teenager here in just a week or so, so we are just about to enter the fray. Um, how have you kind of handled the technology, social media, and all that stuff with your kids? Sure. So what I decided was important to me was to try and keep up with the curve, right? And the curve started... Uh, with um, different social media platforms that evolved into what we have today, uh, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. For me, my struggle was trying to keep up with each of them so that I could understand and I could see what my kids were doing rather than simply preventing them from doing it. Because I believe that preventing them from doing it actually puts them at a disadvantage because the way that the world is moving, the way that business is moving and how things are accomplished to a great extent involve that social media. So I want them to have those skills, but just like anything else, I want to monitor, monitor them. So I got on Twitter um, and my handle on Twitter is Uncle Louie, my nickname, same thing on Instagram. 
and I would follow my kids. And I learned two things. One is they don't want you to follow them. And two, <laughs> this is really important for parents to know. These kids have organized how they are going to prevent us as parents from knowing what they're doing, almost like uh, counterintelligence. They've, they create two Instagram accounts, and they call their fake Instagram a finsta, a fake Insta. And you need to make it very clear to your kids that you want to know what their fake Instagram is, and don't just take their word for the fact that they don't have one because all the kids that I have interacted with, my daughter and her friends, they do. And I, I made it really clear that I'm the one that's paying your cell phone bill. And if you want to have that cell phone and you want to use these things, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, that's some great insight there, Louie. I have never heard about the fake Instagram accounts before, but I will definitely be using that to my advantage for sure. Um, how about discipline now? Because you mentioned, Louie, that your dad was a drill instructor, so I would imagine that he was pretty stern with his discipline. But what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? You know, I, I think the perspective that I come come with when I'm dealing with discipline is first and foremost I set my expectations and as a leader it's very important and keep in mind that as parents as dads we're leaders and in order to lead somebody there's two ways to do it you can lead by edict you can lead by fear or you can earn somebody's respect and they are going to follow what you say because they believe in you because they know that you care for their best interest. And I, that's the path that I tend to take because I want to let them know my expectations and I also want to let them know what will happen if they fail to meet my expectations and I want them to understand why. I want them to know some of the failures that I've experienced in my life and I also want them to know, I think as parents, that we don't want our kids to fail so we don't let them fail. And part of learning is failing. You have to give people the opportunity to fail so that they know that they can recover from it. They have to fall so they can get up. And that's how we become adults with those tools to to succeed. Yeah, and I think it's so important, Louis, especially now because we are at a point here where we kind of like uh, simulate all the experiences for our kids where we have them playing in organized sports right out of the cradle, whereas when we were younger, it was more freestyle. We played street ball outside. We didn't have referees and parents and coaches and all that stuff. Uh, now with the kids, we, we have these little play dates that we put together for them, and, and you know, we kind of take away those opportunities for the kids to problem solve in a way, and that, that could be doing more harm than good. Certainly, and, and I think that a subject that that most parents don't consider and this is this definitely applies to bully being bullied as well and it's mental health uh, mental health has a stigma and I think uh, that people don't want to discuss it and I think that social media to a certain degree opens children up to additional bullying but what it opens everybody up to is further scrutiny because we overshare what's going on and Instantly, everybody knows what you're having for dinner, what you're, what you're doing, and you have the ability for hundreds of people, if not thousands, to insult you and to say things that hurt your feelings. And that, that brings in the conversation of mental health and how important it is. And it's something that I'm seeing now that really, really bothers me here in South Florida after what happened at Stoneman Douglas and we lost those kids, and now we're losing kids again. And the same way that PTSD affects our military, the same way PTSD affects everyday people who go through traumatic situations, it affects our kids. And we have a lot of politicians who are focused 
strictly on money and how can we get funding for these programs. And I want to let everybody know it's, yeah, it's great to have these programs. It's great to get funding, but you have to have a conversation. You don't need money to have a conversation, to have compassion, to have community outreach, and to talk to people and tell them, listen, it's okay. If you're feeling down, if you're thinking about hurting yourself, talk to me. I'm here for you, and I'm going to let you know I've been through these same things, and it's not the end of the world. But if we don't have those dialogues, and we don't let our kids know that it's okay to have these healthy conversations about what they're feeling and what they're thinking, then unfortunately we're going to have kids that are struggling with what's happening in their life. And God forbid we have children committing suicide, and that has to end. It's You know, we have to focus on, on the vets, and I think to a large degree we do, but we have to remember that it's not just the vets that are having these problems. The children are too. Yeah, the rise in teenage suicide is very alarming, and I do pray that there will be some type of solution just to kind of bring those numbers under control here and get that down. Okay, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Uncle Louie. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Kids are not born with a politeness gene. You can parent by example, which is a good way for kids to learn about sharing, proper behavior, table manners, and so on. But there's an app that reinforces every good thing you're teaching your child. The SirDap Game Show app challenges players ages 5 to 8 to choose good behavior in fun scenarios with quirky cartoon characters that keep good humor in the mix. Check out SirDap.com. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com to learn more. And going along with what you said there, there has been a rise in school shootings. And one of the topics surrounding it, it's always a hot button issue, is about putting armed guards or some type of protection in the schools. How do you feel about taking the step to putting armed personnel in the schools to protect our kids? I think that's a great question. And I want to circle back real quick on one more thing with mental health. And then I'm going to give you exactly what I believe about the firearms in public schools. Um, There's a gentleman I actually reached out to who's a football player who I found out lives in my neighborhood, and he is advocating for mental health. His name is Brandon Marshall. He played for the Giants recently. Um, And I reached out to one of my business partners, Michael Strahan, uh, and I said to him, Mike, I need you to put me in touch with Brandon Marshall because I want to know about this organization he's setting up for mental health because we need more people like him who are doing this not for money but to help people. And I think that's that's where we bridge the gap here through community outreach. And now I want to tell you exactly what I'm hearing about the schools and why I think it's terrible. Uh, you said specifically putting people or armed guards in the school, right? Right. And I want to tell you that here in Florida, they're actually talking about arming the teachers. And I have a big issue with arming the teachers because I believe that People who carry guns for a living, people who protect for a living, every single day they put on their uniform or they lace up their boots, they tell themselves something. And if you've never done this, you've probably never heard it. And if you have, you know what I'm about to say. You tell yourself, I'm going to get home alive today. I'm going to get to my family. And that's part of having a warrior mindset. Teachers don't have a warrior mindset, and they should not have a warrior mindset. They should be giving our children the lessons that they need to learn to be educated and to have the morals to be good people. 
They're not supposed to be wondering if they need to use a firearm to protect somebody. And excuse me if this is out of line, but I have to use this word. When the shit hits the fan, I don't want my teacher to be in the fray because when they get tunnel vision and there's hundreds of kids running at them, it's a very high possibility that they're going to accidentally shoot a child. And God forbid that ever happens. I need them to be there to make my children feel safe when there's chaos. I need them to get my children to safety. I don't need them to have a weapon. What I do think is that we have a a large amount of veterans that are coming out of the militaries that do have that warrior mindset, and why not give them the opportunity to take a skill set that they already have and work in our schools? Yeah, I agree, and I think it would really be a big benefit to so many of our veterans and give them a very important mission here at home to protect our kids. And I also agree that, uh, you know, arming the teachers is a bad idea. Uh, If for no other reason, when I was a kid, I can imagine some of the teachers that I had would have just shot my ass back in the day there. So uh, that's no solution for sure. Yeah, I just think giving our teachers uh, something else to worry about is is not the answer to this. And certainly they say, well, we're going to give the teachers training and we're going to train them twice a year. Well, not doing this every single day, not having the mental uh, the mental fortitude to do it. Yeah, I agree. And just to sidestep here for a minute, Louie, I know you were tied into the whole wrestling scene for quite a while there, uh, which has changed quite a bit since I was a kid with the WWF. Uh, the WWE is really flourishing right now. They sell out every stadium that they go to. What has been the key to the WWE's continued success over all these years? Wow, you know what? It's funny that you should ask that because I think it actually goes back to your previous question about social media. I think uh, that the people who are running the WWE have really got on board with how important social media is. And they've also got on board with what I think is the future of broadcasting, and that's streaming video. Um, Terrestrial radio and regular TV, I believe, will become a thing of the past. And just like your podcast is streamed, I believe that that's how people will get their television content through uh, streaming technology. And right now, if you wanted to watch WWE, when we were kids, you got a pay-per-view. But if you want to watch it now, you have to do it through the WWE app, where you pay a subscription, and then all of those things that used to be pay-per-view are part of your subscription. So you not only have access to those events, but you have access to the entire library of every WWE thing that's ever been broadcast. You can literally go back and watch those things we watched as kids with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And that's to me, that's tremendous. Yeah, and I really love that aspect of the technology, Louis, just because it gives us the opportunity not just for wrestling, but even I can uh, you know, go back to the old cartoons that I used to watch when I was a kid and share the episodes like from G.I. Joe or even Bugs Bunny, and I can have the opportunity to share that experience with my children as well, and I think that's pretty cool. Sure, and I think UFC, which is probably the fastest-growing sport, uh, MMA in general, in, in the world, um, and I work with a company called Titan Fighting, And Titan Fighting is broadcast on the UFC platform, which it streams to over 150 countries. And we have an event coming up in April here in South Florida that's going to take place at Extreme. um, And this event will be broadcast everywhere. And what they do is it's amazing now. They've innovated and they're offering a portion of the show where they actually have combat grappling. And this this is new and 
they're being able to take some of the biggest names in the UFC and bring them into a, a new dynamic of the sport. And Jeff Aronson and Lex McMahon have just done a tremendous job. And for me to be a part of it, I'm just, I'm stoked. And I can't wait for this event. And uh, I'm really thankful that Jeff and his wife, Carolyn, have brought me into the fold and that Lex has the confidence in me to handle the social media for that broadcast. And uh, the Aronson family is a tremendous, tremendous family. And they also own a company called It's a 10, which is a hair, a hair company, uh, hair care. And they've just done so well. And to see them now succeeding in combat sports is, is tremendous. Yeah, awesome. And the MMA has really exploded here, especially in the last 10 years or so. So many kids now are training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is awesome to see. But um, all right, what's next for you? I know you just mentioned the project here, but what kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future? You said what's next. That's a line from uh, Bill Goldberg. That's his tagline, right, with the WWE. He says, what's next or who's next? Well, I've been lucky to work with him for many years, and I'm going to steal another one of his lines that I'm going to say, everybody's next. I am focused on being diversified, reinventing myself. Um, I'm building a company now called LEO Challenge Coins. The website is leochallengecoins.com, and the LEO stands for Law Enforcement Officer. And I'm creating collectibles for police in the form of Challenge Coins, which is a 100-year tradition. And these coins are, they're a lot of fun. And I've been lucky enough to create one that has huge interest and it's in the shape of a bulletproof vest. Um, and I've been lucky enough to partner with Michael Strahan. And Michael, to me, is one of the kings of reinvention. Uh, he re recently launched a clothing line, M by Michael Strahan at JCPenney. And when I see all the amazing things that he's succeeding at, uh, I am just blessed to have him believe in what I'm doing with my challenge coin company. Um, and we're the only company like this in existence, the only company offering retail challenge coins online in the entire country. So we're going to be giving back, and we are giving back to a number of great organizations like LEO Only. And LEO Only, um, one of their main focuses is to take the children of fallen police personnel on Christmas shopping sprees. So that's tremendous. Um, I'm also working with um, the Border Patrol Agent Family Network, um, and a lot of people forget about the people that are on the border protecting America. We focus a lot on the military. We talk about law enforcement, but we forget about the people that are there in those deserts, uh, up in Canada, in the snow, on the borders, protecting the United States from drug smuggling, terrorism, and I want to be able to give back to them. And that's what we do. The proceeds from all the coins we sell go to those organizations. Um, and now I'm working on a challenge coin for Jay Glazer's organization with the NFL called Merging Veterans and Players. And this is of particular interest because what it does is it aligns a reti recently retired NFL football player with a recently retired combat veteran. And what they have in common is that they both hung up the uniform. And by teaming them up now, they can again have the opportunity to be a part of the team. And what I touched on earlier with mental health is they have the opportunity to talk about and share what's going on emotionally and get help before they need it. There's a mental health crisis in America, and we can start fixing it by talking. 
Yeah, very well said. And I will include a link in the description of this podcast episode for the Challenge Coin website. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Louie, I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Wow. Well, first and foremost, as soon as you have a baby, start thinking about how you're going to plan for the future. Start putting away for their college education and looking into what your state offers if they have a prepaid college plan. For me, there's a, there's a huge tie-in with mental health and financial health. And you'll find as you go through life, especially as a parent or as a new parent, that a lot of the things that will stress you tie into finances. I would recommend uh, that you reach out to an advisor that can give you good advice on what you can do to be financially solvent. Um, recently, I've spoken to um, one South Florida Wealth Advisors, and they specialize in helping um, people who've been in the service, people who are in law enforcement, um, celebrities, athletes, and just everyday dads. And reach out to them and get advice because you don't want those financial stresses to cause mental health stresses. That's number one. Number two, create a plan. Create a five-year plan, create a 10-year plan, and constantly revisit that plan and figure out what changes you need to make so that you can stay on track to reach those goals. And again, talk to people. When you need help, when you need advice, reach out to them. And if you need to reach out to me, call me. If you need to get on Instagram or get on Twitter and reach out, I'm here for the community. I love to share, you know, my experiences, and I'm certainly not a financial advisor, but I can put you in touch with the people who have helped me and my mentors, and I've mentioned a couple of them on this call. It's really important to, to have those mentors. And listen, I was blessed with getting a recurring role on ABC's number one comedy, The Goldbergs, and that's because of Adam F. Goldberg. And he's become a mentor to me. And you're never too successful. You're never too far along in life to get mentors and surround yourself with people who you can talk to that can give you good advice. And you got to be, be willing to talk and you got to be willing to listen. Well said. That's great advice. This has been a pleasure for me. Uncle Louie, you are a first-class father. And I got to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. Okay, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Uncle Louie for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. Still to come tomorrow on the podcast is going to be an actor from Liverpool who played a SEAL Team 6 operator in the History Channel's 6. Barry Sloan will be here. And then on Friday, we are going to have a real-life Navy SEAL on the podcast for a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Jason Kuhn who is also a successful entrepreneur, and so much more. Don't miss out. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Mm -hmm.